This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History is now streaming on Hulu. Hey everybody, it's Brittany Luce and thank you so much for tuning in to It's Been a Minute from NPR. Before you dive into this episode, I have one small ask. If you have a spare 10 minutes, help us out by completing a short anonymous survey about how we've been doing with the show. Tell us what you like and how we could improve at npr.org slash IBAM survey. You'll be doing all of us at IBAM a huge favor. That's npr.org slash IBAM survey. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. I'm Brittany Luce, and you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, a show about what's going on in culture and why it doesn't happen by accident. Today, I'm talking to a legendary choreographer, the world-renowned Fatima Robinson. And even if you don't recognize her name, you've probably tried out some of her dance moves. She gave us the iconic king tutting moves from Michael Jackson's Remember the Time video. And she had us all rocking the boat with Aaliyah. Aaliyah was special. When we got together and started dancing, it was like synchronized swimming. And did you try to copy the Beyonce Blue Ivy dance break in My Power? Well, Fatima was the director of choreography on Beyonce's Renaissance tour. We're both Virgos. We know how to get it done, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't stop there. Fatima also choreographed for movies like The Color Purple and Dreamgirls, and events like the Oscars, the Super Bowl, and this year's Grammys. The list goes on. All that to say, she's had an incredibly prolific career, and she's worked through all kinds of changes in how we dance, including TikTok. I called her up to talk about how she choreographed one of the biggest films of last year, in addition to one of the splashiest tours of all time, and what causes the dance moves of the day to change. Fatima, welcome to It's Been a Minute. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. This is very, very, very exciting. Your body of work includes so many iconic pieces. But you've said recently in another interview that with The Color Purple, this is the first time you've watched your work and not critiqued it. Yes. What makes you so proud of this choreography? I just love how the dance is a character in this film. I definitely looked at the storytelling side first and the dance came second and I think you really feel that when Mm. you watch it yes the transitions into dance are so smooth but also they served a purpose visually within the film setting in a way that moved the story along yes those transitions are so important to musicals because a lot of times it just breaks into song and dance and you're like wait but why Mm -hmm. You know, and we wanted to answer that question and make sure that you understood the why and it made sense to the story. Yeah. I really, I see dance everywhere. And so the little nuances of like 
the rolling of the neck when a woman has had it up to here. You know, <laughs> you know, when she is completely over you, she is rolling her neck and can't be bothered. I made that a dance. When Corey is building the house, the energy of the guys and the chanting, uh-huh. uh-huh. I've been working and working and working. Uh-huh. I took a page out of Black fraternities and how and the they stepping. come together and the stepping and how that's, right. that is unity between brothers together. Mm, no, that's something I absolutely felt as a viewer. I wonder, was there a moment from the film when you were watching it where you were like, oh, yeah, I did that. Ah, <laughs> I did that. That's so funny. I think push the button. Mm, yes, that club juke joint scene. The idea of the lights going out. I remember being in rehearsal and like running over to the lights and turning off the lights on that part and making it real like dark and sexy. And, you know, I've been going to Jamaica for 30 years on holiday, hanging out in clubs, going to reggae clubs. When I was growing up, I always said clubs were my classrooms. Mm. I'm self-taught. Bringing that into this dance, into the story, that type of winding that we see at the reggae clubs and how much fun that is to do. I just thought this was such a a wonderful place to put it. And I I love the reaction that I get when I'm in the theater. Everyone's like, ooh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's so great. Oh, it is so great. I mean, for those who don't know, Push the Button is, it's an electric moment in the film. And as you say, the lights go out, people get closer. It's a very specific Southern Georgia setting from a hundred years ago. But as you said, as you see in Jamaica, everybody knows what it's like when you're in the club and the lights are low or the lights go out and everybody starts grabbing on each other. It's everybody knows what that feels like. And you captured it so well in that scene. Yes. Thank you. You Described yourself as a self-taught choreographer. And as you just said, clubs are your classrooms to learn what the latest dances are and how people show joy. And so I have to ask, when you go to the club to see what people are doing, are you yeah. <laughs> are you dancing with them or are you like standing on the side with a little drink? Uh, sometimes I'm dancing with them and sometimes I'm standing on the side just enjoying what they do. You know, I, I'm getting up there <laughs> and it, it's it's just a different way you move when, you know, you're older. But I'm so inspired by all the dancers that I get to work with and surround myself with because they bring the club into rehearsal. I mean, I have to say, I uh, have recently retired from regular appearances at the club. So I'm always impressed at anybody who keeps up with what's going on. But I'm curious if you've noticed any changes in the last five years or so as TikTok dances have really taken off. Like, is that something that you're seeing reflected in the clubs? Oh, you definitely see people do TikTok dances in the club when the songs come on. Because it's, you know, TikTok is... Black families, when we would get together for barbecues and stuff, we always dance. Mm -hmm. And that's where dance moves would come from. And then we would share them and travel. And that's all TikTok is, really. And so when it travels all over the place, like even in rehearsal, I'm always asking them, what's the latest TikTok? If I'm with kids, if I hire any young kids, I'm like, tell me, show me what you're doing. Uh And then I'm learning all the dances from them. 
And it's so fun to like every now and then I'll go to a party or club or something. And, and yeah, you put on when the song comes on, you want to automatically go into those moods. <laughs> it makes it so much fun. It's so true. There's this dance. I am not the best dancer. I have a little rhythm, but there's this dance that is so complex that is from that Korean dance competition that's really big called Street Woman Fighter. And there's this viral dance that one of the teams did with this really catchy song. And everybody on TikTok started doing it. And then like, I watched enough videos that I was like, why can't I do this? So I started learning the moves. And I mean, I won't do it in front of my husband. It's probably not cute when I do it, but it's so much fun to see a dance, be excited by it, see how much joy it brings other people to do, and then be able to jump in on that. TikTok and YouTube, I just find it so much fun. It's an inspiring place to go to Mm. to see how young people are moving their bodies, young and old. Coming up, Fatima on choreographing for Renaissance. Stick around. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Breast cancer cells multiply faster because of CDK4-6 proteins. But what if blocking those proteins and stopping runaway cell division was possible? Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Dana-Farber's momentum of discovery keeps finding new ways to outmaneuver cancer. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. Dance is, of course, important, and it's been around as long as people have been around. But culturally, it has ebbs and flows. Like, you choreograph for the Backstreet Boys. And I was in middle school. I was an instinct girly, but I loved that video. We did the little, you know what I'm saying? We did it all the time. The little everybody little thing. I remember that moment so clearly of boy bands in the late 90s and early 2000s. And they had to dance. Like I remember going to see NSYNC when I was 11. They were doing backflips. Like, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. but then maybe 10 or so years later, there was this like long moment where Boy bands did not really dance. One Direction in the in the 2000s, they didn't really dance like that. But I, I kind of argue that right now, we're definitely back in a dance moment. I don't know. Is that what you're seeing as well? Do you feel like like dance is kind of having a, a moment right now in our pop culture? Yeah. And what do you think changed to make dance more prominent right now? Dance comes in waves. It's always been popular with pop music. 
Mm-hmm. But when gangster rap came out, it wasn't cool to dance anymore. And so mm. hip hop kind of shifted and people stopped dancing as much. But what happens is it just goes underground and reinvents itself and then comes out with a whole nother. Now we're crumping and we're aggressive and we can, oh, right, da- we can crump right, right, right. to, we can move to that type of music because we're doing it from this like hood, keeping it real hard way. You know, it always continues to reinvent itself. And I feel like we're in a stage right now where social media is so popular and mm-hmm. TikTok and YouTube are keeping it alive and and also revealing dances from other countries and other places that normally we wouldn't even have access to. Mm-hmm. But because we do, it allows for us to really get to like lean into all the fun of what dance is. And so I just think that social media has given it a whole nother platform to thrive. Speaking of social media, a lot of the choreography that you did for the Renaissance tour went viral. And I was there opening night, Stockholm. I was right there. You were there opening night? I was there opening night. I love it. And my husband, I had the time of our lives. Wasn't it incredible? It was incredible. But then all summer, every time I opened up TikTok, I mean, it was like I was getting clip after clip after clip of choreography. And it was interesting to me because I could understand it and appreciate it in both of those different forms. And it seemed to me like Beyonce as a director was thinking about how the world tour would work for, you know, A, the people attending, B, the people seeing clips on social media, and then C, the people watching the documentary in the theaters. And you collaborated with her on on all this. How did you react to seeing your work in all those different places? You know that you're part of something that's really big and something that you feel is going to shift culture. I mean, the album and the music alone was shifting culture. It just reminds me of when I was a 12-year-old girl going to see Jackson 5 for the first time, and that was a big concert. For me, it's like Beyonce is our Michael Jackson of now, and it was just so such an honor to be a part of something so huge. Once you put the dynamic of a, such an incredible stage show that really came from her mind, then you knew that you were on to something really exciting. And it's so fun to watch, you know, you were there for the first show, to see that first show, to see the things that you go, will the crowd respond to this? Will the mm. crowd love this? Like when she first did it that pause. Oh, the mute. We didn't know. Mute. We didn't know. Like, no one knew and everyone kept singing the song and they were so confused. And I remember going, maybe we should take that out of the song because that it doesn't seem like it's landing. And she just kept doing it. Look around, everybody. Look around. And then next thing you know, with people sharing things online, everyone <laughs> did the mute. And it was like, what? It was crazy. And it's why putting stage performances together is one of my favorite things to do as a choreographer. Because Hmm. when you see 80,000 people at one point enjoying a song, emotionally being attached to uh, the music because the visuals, because of the dance and the excitement they're experiencing, to me, that's just the best. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And thank you for sharing your gift with all of us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for a great interview. You uplifted my day. Oh my gosh. 
Yes, you too. Literally, Sam. I'm like, this is how I'm about to start my weekend now. This is so nice. <laughs> Have a cocktail for me and go out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I just might. I just might. Thanks again to Fatima Robinson. You can see her work in The Color Purple, Renaissance, and beyond. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Brittany. Love your show. This is Tiffany from New Jersey. Since a lot of people will be celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend with our friends and lovers, I've been wondering, what are some gift ideas that aren't just the usual flowers and chocolate? Hey, Tiffany. Thank you so much for calling all the way from New Jersey in with this question. Now, me, myself, personally, I'm actually not really that into Valentine's Day. Me and my husband have been together for almost nine years at this point. And we like to do birthdays as like the big thing because that's like your special individual holiday. You know what I'm saying? But Valentine's Day to me is about love, comfort, and just showing somebody that you thought about them, right? In the spirit of that, we're trying to think about going beyond the same kind of flowers and chocolate that are at every single checkout line from CVS to your local florist. Now, I mean, you can never go wrong with a handwritten card. You also can never go wrong with cold hard cash, in my opinion, on a day like Valentine's Day. I think what you're looking for is an answer that's a little bit more creative. Now, me, myself, personally, what I would love to receive is like... Mm, a year-long paid subscription to a niche film streaming app. Like, I'm a big movie girl, M-U-B-I. They have all types of really beautiful, but also sometimes really random, like, 18-minute short films that are about somebody frying an egg while crying from, like, 1976. That's my type of carrying on. If you get me one of those, that's a surefire way to my heart. But additionally, I'm a practical gal as well, so I wouldn't turn down a gift card me, myself, personally speaking for Brittany Lou's only, a Cheesecake Factory gift card will absolutely win your way into my heart. And also in light of the fact that some of us still may be recovering from the holidays, I think that perhaps maybe the greatest, most thoughtful gift that you could give in lieu of flowers and chocolates is to pay a student loan bill because that never stops no matter what the holiday is. So all that considered, I think I've given you some pretty good ideas to work with, but I hope that regardless of whatever your relationship status, who you love or how you love, you have a beautiful Valentine's Day weekend with those you care about, even if that's just you. Tiffany, thank you so much for calling in with this question. And I hope you have a fab weekend full of whatever you love. Hey everybody, Brittany Luce here, and thank you so much again for listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. Before you leave, I have one small ask. If you have a spare 10 minutes, you can help us out by completing a short anonymous survey about how we've been doing with this show. Tell us what you like and how we can improve at npr.org slash IBAM survey. You'll be doing all of us here at IBAM a huge favor. That's npr.org slash I-B-A-M survey. Thank you so much. This episode of It's Been a Minute was produced by Barton Girdwood, Alexis Williams, Liam McBain, Corey Antonio Rose. This episode was edited by Jessica Placek, Bilal Qureshi. Engineering support came from Gilly Moon. 
Our executive producer is Verilyn Williams. Our VP of programming is Yolanda Sanguini. All right. That's all for this episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce. Talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news. Some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts.